the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio. Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life that you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus, as today Pastor Sean is teaching from the book of Luke in a message called Jesus, the Man of Prayer. Sean suggests that's the open door to a deeper relationship with the Father. This is Real Life Radio. I want to give you three reasons why I think our life depends on prayer. I want to suggest you prayer is, after our salvation, after the cross, prayer is the greatest gift God ever gave us. And when you understand what it is, You'll be like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, number one, prayer opens the door to communion with the Lord. Our life depends on prayer because it opens the door to communion with the Lord. Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, Jesus said, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In the Lord's Prayer, just a few verses later, he's going to teach us, to, here's how we pray. Our Father who art in heaven. This whole thing of ours, don't ever forget, it's, it's a, it begins with a relationship. And if you miss that point, if you think this is just about, okay, I want to be forgiven of my sins because we do bad things and I don't want to go to hell, so I need my death penalty paid, which it is. That's why we believe in the cross, okay? This is awesome, what happened at the cross. This is why our preaching is about the cross. This is why Paul said, I knew nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, but understand something, this is not the center of our religious our faith. This is not the point of the Christian faith. And some of you are like, we got to get out of the room because lightning's going to strike and he's going to be dead in a minute and, you know, nobody likes to scrape the pastor off the podium. It's not, that is not the point of the Christian faith. And you need to know this, you need to understand this, and you need to be real clear about this. This, the cross, is the essential doorway through which we must go, the point of the Christian faith is restoration of relationship with Father. The tragedy of our sin is that it separates us eternally for the relationship that we were created for. That is the relationship with our Father. That's why sin is so broken and so horrible because it separates us from the very source of life, our Father. And when we understand that, oh, you mean the whole point of this thing isn't just kind of checking the box and getting through. The point is a relationship with the Lord. Yes. This whole thing is a call to communion with our Lord, our source, our lifeline. Well, understand, uh, with no communication, there's no communion. And when I say communion, I'm not talking about the wafer in the cup. I'm talking about fellowship with the Lord. With no communication, there can be no communion with him it makes sense think about a relationship if you never talk to someone never communicate with someone it's a stretch to say you have any kind of relationship with them 
Prayer is our communion, our communication with our Father. It is such an amazing gift. Understand there's two parts. I talk to the Lord and he listens to me. That's one part of prayer. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus is speaking. Some Sermon on the Mount, he says, Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. I listen. I mean, I talk to the Lord, and he listens to me. Do, do you, I mean, I know sometimes we, well, I don't want to bother God. I don't want to there are people who sit and pray for everything. I told you my mother was one of those people. There's other people around here who pray for everything, you know. And I have to tell you, that is not my nature, okay? My nature is, okay, there's big things. Let's pray for them. Little things, okay, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I just, my first thing isn't, well, let's go talk to God about it. Let's go talk to God about it. Let's go talk to God about it. And, and let me say to you, I think that's wrong. I think my natural inclination here is dead wrong. When I see people who just go, Oh, well, we need to do that. Well, let's talk to God about that. Well, let's talk to God about it. I can't imagine Father not being totally pleased with that. Because the point is not the thing we need to get done, the thing we're going to pray about. The point is the communication, the communion with Father. That's what we see in Jesus, this close kind of thing where he would just start talking to Father. Here's great report from his disciples, and enjoy, he just starts talking to Father like he's right there, which again, he's omnipresent. He is right here. We act like we, we, we claim, we theologically believe God's everywhere. He's with us all the time, right? And then we ignore him most of the day. If he were a person, we'd feel so rude for that. I just want to say, this whole communication thing, that's why Jesus prayed, and that's what we need to understand. It opens the door to communion with God. And he invites us, ask. Ask will be given. You seek, you find. Knock, the door will be open. I talk to the Lord. He listens to me. But there's a second part of prayer. I listen to the Lord, and he speaks to me. I listen to the Lord, and he speaks to me. John ten twenty seven. we read it a moment ago. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. Now, when we stop and think about it, which order should this happen in? And I'm just throwing this out. I'm spitballing here. I'm just throwing something out for you, okay? just want you to consider because I know we're pretty good at the, here's my list, Lord Jesus, and these are the things I want. And I just want to say, you should not feel guilty about that. He tells you to do that. Keep it up. But there's another level of prayer where if we'll sit quietly, if we'll be in the Word, if we'll listen, Scripture says He'll begin to speak to us. And when I say He, I'm talking about God our Father. Not only is He omnipresent or omnipotent, everywhere at one time and all-powerful. He is omniscient. He knows everything. When you're in the presence of the greatest mind in the universe who knows all, it'd probably be good to shut up and listen once in a while. Right? Just to get quiet. Father, what do you want to say? I told you before, one of the great skills that, that we need to learn is in the midst of a situation, especially the more tense the situation, the more the skill becomes gold. The, the, the ability to, to, I'm in a tense situation, confrontation, whatever, to just step back in my spirit. I don't have to physically step back. Maybe if a physical step back will help you, great. But to step back in my spirit, Father, what do you want to do here? Father, what are you saying? Father, what do you say? What do you feel about this person who's right now seeming to be my adversary? What do you feel for them? Father, what do you want to do 
What do you want to say? Father, what do you want me to understand in this moment? Imagine in traffic. Ooh, now, now preacher got to meddling. In traffic. I had some guy yesterday driving like, I mean, t- total, you know, I won't go into the details, but it's like in the middle line, and you know, going with a right signal. So I go around him on the left because we're in rush hour traffic. He gets really mad. He thinks, I, I, I can't figure out why still. If you're, by the way, here in this room, come tell me afterwards. I'm not really sure. He gets all mad. He goes past me, flips me off and screaming at me. And at first I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay, that's the first reaction. I'm not going to tell you. I was right away just prayerful and peace, brother. <laughs> okay, my fir- I, did not, I did not flip him off back. I did not do that. Back. I did not. Did not shake a fist. I didn't yell. I didn't go, oh, come on. I didn't do any of that. I was just like, dude. You know, and you can say a lot with the word dude. It's a very helpful word, really. You can question someone, dude, you know, or dude. You can show disappointment, whatever. I more showed disappointment to dude. And then I started thinking about, man, God, what do you think about that person? What's going on in their life that they're so angry? They're flipping some guy off of traffic. They're, you know, they were clearly uh, out of sync and not knowing where they were going, this whole thing. And they're just, you know, what is that anger. And the minute you do that, Father, what's your heart for that person? Everything changes. I'm no longer mad, going, what a jerk, whatever, whatever, whatever. Not that I would think that anyway, kids. Pastor Sean would never think that. (laughs) But the minute you step back in prayer and say, Father, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you saying here? Everything changes, doesn't it? That's a very powerful skill, and uh, I'm still working on it. But when I exercise it, I want to tell you, it's one of the great secrets to experiencing what God has for you. Here's the deal, folks. You can't follow Jesus if you can't hear Jesus. You can't hear Jesus if you don't pray. Second, prayer is a fundamental act of, act of faith. Prayer is a fundamental act of, act of faith. I want to suggest to you one of the primary reasons for our prayerlessness is our lack of faith. I think our lack of prayer is a screaming testament to our lack of faith. And that's more troubling when I consider the fact that, what does it say, Jesus? What, is, what did we just say? He's, he's so amazed by it. And he marvels at And he's blown away by and pleased by faith. Jesus is blown away by faith because he understands faith puts us in the way of God's blessing, of his move, of his power. What is faith? Faith is a belief so strong. It's a vision so powerful. It's the evidence of things hoped for, the the fruit of, the visibility of things that are not seen. That's what faith is. A belief so strong, I have to act on it because it's real. That's what faith is. Faith is not some kind of squishy religious thought. That's not faith. That's how we use it. What's your, what's your faith tradition? My faith tradition is I'm a coward and I don't trust God. That's my faith tradition, okay? But because of Jesus, now I trust him. Faith is a belief so strong you have to act on it. That's what faith really is. That's the heart of faith. The assumptions of faith. The assumptions of faith says God is actually real. His word is actually true. Actually obeying it will lead to good things. Often faith and fear are in contrast to one another. Remember last week in Mark chapter 10, we talked about Bartimaeus. Remember Jesus said to Bartimaeus, your faith has made you whole. What was Bartimaeus' act of faith? Do you know what it was? 
Well, he got up. Remember, he left his coat. Yeah, that's all good. His fundamental act of faith was prayer. Son of David, have mercy on me. What is that? A prayer. Lord, I want to see. What is that? It's a prayer. Fundamentally, prayer is an act of faith. Prayer says I really believe in God, the reality of who God is and what he can do more than I believe in my own ability, the world system, my support system, my network, whatever it is. And, and when we say up front, holy cow, there's something going on. Lord, I'm gonna, I, want, I need to talk to you about this in prayer. That's a, a statement of faith. When we exhaust all our resources, kill ourselves, try to do everything, and then throw up our hands, well, all we can do is pray. That is also a statement of faith. Which one is real faith? Faith goes to prayer first. Because faith believes. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 11, 6 says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith, prayer, is, this, is an expression that I believe, God, that you exist. And I believe that coming to you yields good rewards. It's a sign of dependence. It's a sign of submission. It's a sign of belief. Prayer, I want to suggest, is the first act of faith. What do you really believe in? Confidence that says, God, I choose you. We want to take a quick minute and remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas, in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find this whole series on the sermons link at reallife.org. Plus at the site, see all the great small groups that are available to get connected with. Plus ways River City Community Church is giving back and serving the community, doing things that you can do with your whole family and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, that's at reallife.org. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe that we were made to have a life full of meaning and passion that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. Now, for us, real life has a bit of a double meaning in that this faith of ours is also a relevant thing to the real world. It works in real life. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts your home, work, and social world. That's why River City has a relaxed, casual feel where we enjoy practical teaching, inspirational music, and age-appropriate discovery for the whole family. We want to help every single person find the life they were created for. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, across from Atama Park. Sunday service times are 9 and 11. Our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We look forward to meeting you on the road to real life. Welcome back as we return to this message called Jesus, the Man of Prayer. This is Real Life Radio. Got a letter from a lady in our congregation named Carol. She's talking about the word that had been preached the last two weeks. She says really made an impact on her. She and her husband had been on vacation, came back, and she has a relative very, very close to her, 60-year-old man who's been an alcoholic since his late teens. And over the years, Carol says, I've shared Jesus with him, but he's never wanted to hear it. Sent cards and calls, but other than that, we've been kind of not much of a relationship. When she read the Facebook comments, she wanted to, and this is the kind of the new millennium, how we deal with relationships, right? She wanted to kind of defriend him and throw in the towel. But she heard the Holy Spirit say, she heard the Holy Spirit say, 
like all his positive comments. That's the Holy Spirit speaking in the modern day, okay? Like. Like his positive comments, ignore the negative. Then she heard in prayer, going to the other side, talking about that message we talked about with the disciples, going to the other side. You remember that in our series? Jesus on the other side? She heard that idea. It's not the person, but the spirit within them. So I began to go to, listen to this phrase, I love this, I began to go to, into war, I began to go to war for him in prayer and the word. I began to go to war. Over the past week, we've been emailing. I've been telling the truth in love without quoting scripture or using God. He's been receptive. Then, I began sharing what God can do in and for us. As a result, he started back to AA. And he asked this question, do you think God works in mysterious ways? I said, amen, brothers. She did some research on churches with recovery groups in his area and recommended one. He's met with the leader twice this week so far. The Cartwrights who lead our support and recovery ministry here have been praying for this individual with Carol. Folks, that's the power of prayer. It's also the power of saying, God, I trust you enough to not do what I think I should do. I want to just go, no more of this. I want to draw boundaries. I want to say no more. And the Holy Spirit says, no, no. I want you to start liking the positive comments and ignore the negative ones. Just a little Facebook sign of do unto others what you would have them do unto you. And as she began to do it, she began to pray. And God began to move. And all of a sudden, email. And then phone conversations. And now you have a person who's on the road health and healing because a believer said i'm going to step out in faith and i'm going to pray see you can't follow jesus if you can't hear jesus and you can't hear jesus if you don't pray if you don't pray last thing last reason i think prayer is a matter of life and death for us prayer connects us to the power of god see that's what carol experienced prayer connects us to the power of god Think about the promises of God, so many throughout the scriptures. Think about the gifts of God that we pray for. Prayer connects us to those. Listen to this passage. I really want you to listen to these words and understand the power and the impact of them. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Let me read another passage that is similar. It talks about the power of praying in Jesus' name. In John 14, 12 through 14, I think I read this to you last week or so. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Folks, what more do we need? The scripture is telling us, ask in prayer. Ask in his will, ask in his name, and you will receive it. Now, what does it mean to ask in Jesus' name? I don't want to rush past that because that is critical to this conversation. It means to ask on his behalf. I told you before, if I come to you in someone else's name, that means I'm coming on their behalf. So we come to Father and we say, Lord, I'm coming because Jesus said to come. I'm coming because Jesus said to come, Father. When you, when we, it's not just something we throw a tag on the end of the prayer. Okay, oh, in Jesus' name, amen. Why do you say that? Well, because we always say that, because we're Christians. We say in Jesus' name. We don't just pray. No, it's actually 
to pray in Jesus' name is not a phrase. It is a posture of your heart. Lord, I am coming on behalf of Jesus because he told me to come. Jesus told me to come. A second thing, I'm coming in his authority. In other words, and that's what it meant in 1 John 5, when we pray according to his will. I'm coming in his authority. He told me to ask for this. Do you know how many things there are he tells us to ask for? You need to understand there are riches, there are promises, there is, there's amazing power available when we pray according to his will. And the scripture says when we pray according to his will, he always hears us and we have what we ask. And that's a very, that's a very kind of, for, for some of us, we've become so used to accommodating a lack of prayerfulness and power that, that that's, that's a little hard to actually swallow. I want you to process the reality that when I ask according to his will and ask in his name, which means on his behalf and in his authority, according to his will, he says he will respond to that and he will give what we ask. And a third thing that asking in his name means, and this, this is very important, it means based on his merit. In other words, I have no right to ask God of any, anything. I'm a sinner, separated from God, rebelled against God. And I'm guilty as charged according to the word of God and according to just the reality of, of my sin. I have no right to ask God for anything. But because of the cross, because Jesus paid the penalty for my sin and says, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Because of that, I can come into Father's presence and he doesn't see my sin because i've been forgiven i've been set free by jesus what he sees is the blood of jesus christ paid the penalty he sees someone who justice has been served in and i can enter into his presence scripture even says with boldness not with arrogance don't get those confused but with boldness like a child who has every right to be there not because of my merit because of jesus i'm entering on jesus merit i'm coming on behalf of jesus in his name because he told me to come i'm coming according to his will when you pray like that i'm telling you there is power in it and folks we just scratched the surface i mean there's folks all at different stages of this journey i have to tell you i've experienced that kind of prayer and seen the power of god I've also experienced plenty of seasons of what I'll call perfunctory prayer. I'm just going through the motions because that's what we do because I'm a Christian. I grew up a Christian. That's what I do. And then every once in a while I'll wake up and go, wait a minute, God, I'm missing out on the power of prayer. I just want to challenge you guys. This is one of the great gifts. I told you before, we do a camp called Royal Family Kids Camp for kids from the foster care system, kids who were pulled from their homes because of abuse and neglect. And I spoke at several of our early camps and the burden of my heart and my bur- the burden of my heart for those camps and those kids right now, the burden of my heart for you is that you understand the power that is available in prayer. Because at the end of that camp, I've got to send those kids home and I'm not going to be with them. We can give them a great week, but at the end of the day, we've got to send them back into the foster care system. But my point to them is I'm not sending them alone. You have access to the God of the universe who loves you and says, ask anything come to me. I want to listen. I want to hear you. 
And that same gift is available for us. That's why Jesus prayed so much, so that we would get a clue. You know what? This is probably pretty important. Jesus talked about two types of prayer. The Word talks about two types of prayer. There's the prayer in your closet. He doesn't literally mean the place where you keep your clothes. The actual Word is your inner room. In other words, just you and Jesus. Get alone with Jesus. That quiet place like Jesus. But then there's a second kind of prayer that Jesus, Jesus prayed in public. He prayed wherever. I mean, he just would, like, like I said, erupt in prayer. Just start talking to Father. That prayer without ceasing, the Scripture says. Pray continually. That conversation with God that happens in the car, at work, at home. I want to challenge you. Start exercising those. How about in our small groups? We, we help hold one another accountable. But how's your prayer life going? I promise you the spiritual temperature in this room, spiritual temperature in our congregation, in your homes, in your office, will go through the roof as we become people of prayer the way Jesus designed. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio. As next week, we'll continue this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. We invite you to do more than just hear, but see and do when you join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe that we were made to have a life full of meaning and passion that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. Now, for us, real life has a bit of a double meaning in that this faith of ours is also a relevant thing to the real world. It works in real life. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts your home, work, and social world. That's why River City has a relaxed, casual feel where we enjoy practical teaching, inspirational music, and age-appropriate discovery for the whole family. We want to help every single person find the life they were created for. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, across from Atama Park. Sunday service times are 9 and 11. Our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We look forward to meeting you on the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.